We sure have a great show for you today, guys, and can't wait to get started. But first, here's your host, Romaine Orlando Robb. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Romain Rob Show. It's me, Romain Rob, and across from me is Teddy Valdez. Hey Teddy, what's up? How's it going? How you doing? It's good to see you again. Pretty nice. I, I wanted you on the show to actually to let the viewers and listeners get like the perspective of you because right. we work together on a project. So right, I was like, right, right. yo, I gotta talk to this guy some more. So let the people know a little bit about you. Um, all right. As Rob said, my name is Teddy Valdez. Um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. For about, yeah, for, uh, 16 years Then uh, I had a, a turning point in my life Where I started rebelling you okay. know, So I got I got arrested for like uh, Graffiti, paraphernalia Small And stuff. then, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> Thank God And then my, my grandpops He uh, he adopted me and my big brother Yeah Because uh, in 85, my parents, they passed away They had AIDS Yeah um, My father died like two days after my birthday Damn. And then Almost exactly a month later, my mother died of AIDS. So we were in the foster home. We were in Bed-Stuy. We were in FDR, Spanish Harlem. Man, we were up and down Bushwick, Red Hook. And then my grandpa, he adopted us. And then uh, we stood with them for a good, uh, from like, 86, 87 until 93. And 93 is when I got arrested twice. And then uh, my grandpa said, now you're looking too much like your dad. So we moved to Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. So I moved to Puerto Rico And um, I did like a 180 Started going to church yeah. um, I started hanging out with the right crowd <laughs> Yeah And then for, I started riding horses While my friends were oh, here shit. in Brooklyn nice. January, February in the snowstorm yeah. I was riding horses in Puerto Rico <laughs> Nice Yeah And then um, from there I started going to church Which yeah. is, you know, a good thing And not too long after that I got an associate's degree yeah. And um, airlines and tourism, and then after that, joined the Air Force. Oh, okay. You know, signed up and um, decided to serve my country. I did it for 17 years, oh, wow. up until I had a stroke. Oh, I had a stroke in Afghanistan. Damn. Yeah, I, have a, I had a stroke in Afghanistan. Um, I don't remember too much, but I know we were in the midst of being um, overtaken oh. by insurgents. Yeah. And um, I guess. I guess the stress got to me And yeah, I just yeah. passed out And then uh, I woke up in Germany In a hospital in Germany Holy Yeah shit. I was I was. They said I was uh, In and out of consciousness And then I woke up In a ger- in, in Germany um, Wait how long were you out for? Um, they told me I was Probably In and out of consciousness For about What like Two days Holy Yeah shit. I guess the stress yeah. You know And then uh, They found out They did an MRI I had a stroke and then um, I had a hard time trying to recuperate my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. thoughts, yeah. speaking. And um, God is good, you know. I uh, I recuperated faster than people thought I would. Yeah. But after that, um, I went back to my duty station in uh, Dover, Delaware, Dover, Dover Air Force Base. And um, from there, I couldn't remember how to, because uh, I was a parachute rigger. Okay. I couldn't remember how to yeah, pack yeah. my parachutes anymore. Because as a stroke, I couldn't remember a lot of things. My issue was short-term memory. I could remember things from the past, but the short-term memory, you know. And then um, the Air Force said, yeah, man, we can't have you here no more. I was just going to say, why didn't you get, like, an honorable discharge? I did. 
Oh, I got the army. Why did you go back? Well, I had to. I was in Afghanistan, got the stroke in Afghanistan. They flew me out in a helicopter to rap to an undisclosed location, and then they flew me (laughs) uh, in a plane to Ramstein. So they say, and um, and from there, um, I recuperated, but then I kept going back down. I got better, and then I got worse. And yeah, right now I'm at a point in my, my life where. Um, my challenge is the short-term memory, you know. But uh, yeah, Air Force said you damaged goods, man. Here's your honorable discharge. I was like, what? Three more years? You know, to do 20 years? Yeah. And um, but I did. I did my 17. I got my retirement, and um, now I'm back in the game, stronger, yeah. stronger than ever. Dude, what you just said in like five, less than five minutes is like. An immense amount of like information is like your your yeah. parents yeah. and you went to Puerto Rico to change your life and yeah. seventeen years that's that's a crazy amount of time yeah. man and um d- during my seventeen years I, I met some wonderful people yeah um I met um people who lost their lives in Afghanistan um rest in peace to Major Gray and um. Specialist Melvin Mora. He went to school with me in Puerto Rico too, but he he died over there in Afghanistan. Yeah. And um, I met some wonderful people, and there's still people out there fighting uh, for the country. And yeah. you know what? I did my time. Now let somebody else take out the trash. Yo, 17 years. That's that's. I, I would say you did more than your time. Yes, sir. I did. So I thank did. you for your service. Thank you for your support, bro. Ah, that's amazing. That's amazing. just the tip of the iceberg. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Man. And now acting. Acting, um, acting is always... How did you make the leap from, you know, everything you went through to acting? Well, um, I guess you could say it's it's in my blood because my father, he used to, he he was an artist. He used to draw a lot. And he also used to play the bass. He used to, like, uh, he used to listen to a lot of uh, Prince, um, Sly and the family and the Commodore. So he had that in his blood and he was also a singer. Um, my mother was a singer too. Oh wow! She was really hardcore into Barbara Streisand, and um, I guess from there the arts came from my parents. Yeah. And um, I always wanted to be an actor, and she knew it before she died. She used to say, "Teddy, when I when I die, you're gonna remember me." I said, "Yeah, mommy, I'll remember you." I was around six or seven. Yeah. And um, she said, "I want you to be the singer in the family. If you can't sing, I want you to be an actor." Oh wow! <laughs> and she, you know, she right now she's in heaven looking down on me and said, "You're almost there, son. You're almost there." And um, did you try singing? I try singing. I can sing. Yeah. In the shower. <laughs> but but I, I I I've been told I could do I could do some things, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have in I don't have enough people to tell me, damn, there's something there. So I just stick to uh, acting. You don't have that motivation, like that su- support. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have that support, you know. But I do have the support in terms of acting. Yeah. Because uh, I've been through so much in in my life Tell that, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I went to, um, for example, I, I tried to get a, do- a degree in Temple University. Gotcha. And um, I was about a semester away from getting my bachelor's. So each time, for example, they would give me like a di- uh, monologue to read with my scene partner. Yeah. I would look at the monologue and I would tell them, shit, this is me. Yeah. Or this is my father's life when he was alive. Or this uh, is my brother. Yeah, yeah. And I would just take what I experienced in my life and inject it into that monologue. And I would get lost in it. 
and people would not want to work with me. My classmates, because they were like, no, dude, you're, you're too a, real. Yeah, you're yeah, on another you're level. you're drawing inspiration from real life. So exactly. you have no choice but to be authentic. Exactly. It's not acting. Yep. Technically, you're, yeah, I mean, it's acting, but you're literally just drawing inspiration from what actually happened. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I, when, I, when I look into different methods, like the Staslowski method, that doesn't work, that shit don't work for me. Why not? Um, because I'm more into um, going back into my past. Yeah. And trying to relive what this monologue is telling me to do. And it's easy. Boom. Um, if I have to cry, I cry. Why? My mother died of AIDS. My father died of AIDS. Yeah. And then, like I said, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, my baby brother died of AIDS. Um, my stepmother died of AIDS. My aunt died of AIDS. Damn. My ex-girlfriend died of AIDS. So um, I got a lot to say. Wait, is this real? Yes. Oh, shit. I got a lot to say. Um and um yeah i mean i i have a lot to say because i've lived through it yeah, you know I, not like you know how example you know like uh um if people start rapping about selling drugs yeah. and they never did it don't do it exactly. don't rap about selling drugs you never sold drugs exactly. but for me in acting if this is calling for me to cry I cry because my mother yeah. died, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I, I I could be as real as you want, and I could be as fake as you want, because I'm from Brooklyn, you yeah. know, and I lived through it. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. That's how it, that's that's how I get um on my um my feelings from yeah. from my past, and I'm able to translate it into a monologue. Now, in terms of acting, do you gravitate? I'm guessing you gravitate more towards roles, like dramatic roles that you can relate to. But yes. For example, like comedic roles that they don't really relate to your life. Well, do you yeah, like my, get into that headspace. Well, my grandpa, he was a he was a he was a clown. <laughs> Not a <laughs> yeah, clown, I know what you're but he was really into physical comedy. Yeah. For example, like Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Um, he was big into. Um, like the Saturday Night Live skits, the Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, oh, Steve nice Martin. Um, he was big into Three's Company. Um, John Ritter. Oh yeah. All yeah, that yeah, physical yeah. comedy. Um, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Everything that has to do with physical, you know, comedy, trying to make people laugh. Yeah. That I can do because I've experienced. I've seen him do it. Yeah. Um, I could do dramedy. I could do drama. I could do horror. Um, the shit that I've been through. Yeah. Is horror. Yeah. As you know, you know, um, the shit that I saw in Afghanistan, horror. Oh, hell yeah. You know, the, this shit that I've been through in Brooklyn, when I was in Afghanistan, I said, shit, I lived through Brooklyn and I'm going to die out here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had a stroke. Yeah. So. Well, like, which would you say is worse, though, Brooklyn or Afghanistan? You know what? They're both bad. Yeah. But. I want to say Brooklyn. Yeah, I, when we're saying Brooklyn, you gotta like give them a, like an example of what you lived through in Brooklyn, because well, Brooklyn yeah. today is not exactly. It's not. It's not. Brooklyn um, today is lattes and sandals. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit different. The, yeah, the Brooklyn I lived was a lot of um, gay people. Okay. Um, who I love very much, but it was around the time where they would get beat up. Yeah. And they, they would, do. they yeah, but that's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's fucked course. up, you Absolutely. know. And I would see that shit. Yeah. Now you, it's not as much. Yeah. The shit that I lived through, I would see, you know, a lot of my gay friends get beat up. A lot of my, um, um, 
Jamaican friends get beat up because they're Jamaican. They're in the block. You know, they're not supposed to be walking on. They're new in the school. You know, they go home. They don't know they're going by the Italians. They don't know they're going by the freaking Jewish guys. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of friends that I knew that died of AIDS. Um, I was never bullied because I was fucked up in the head. Yeah. You know, um, bullies, what they look for is uh, weak people. Absolutely. And I was, I was crazy. Yeah, like you know, fight back. Yeah, I would fight back. Yeah, you know, I, I would see a lot of shit. Um, for example, one of my friends, um, I found out he was killed, shot in the head, and he yeah. was stuffed outside my stoop. He was stuffed in the garbage can, right outside my stoop. Police questioned me, questioned my grandpa. I was like, "What?" So when I found out who it was, it was Joey. I was like, "Joey, what?" And Joey was in the trash can, dead, out right in front of my stoop. Yeah, shit like that. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And another friend of mine who was selling drugs, Frankie, got stabbed to death on his stoop. Um, Drive-bys. My voice is cracking right now because it's it's, it's hard. Shit like that. But Afghanistan is a different beast, too, because you're you're out there fighting for the survival of the guy next to you. You know? Uh, Let's say you're out there with me in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse my language. Nigga, I'm there for you. And you're there for me Absolutely But It's about the team Yeah exactly It's yeah. not about uh, This is for Bush This is for Obama No this is for you This is for me That's a whole different Kind of monster But for me Since I'm I'm like a Like a little Like a little um, Firecracker yeah. Brooklyn has gotta be The worst man yeah. Brooklyn is it's Shit man The shit I'm losing my mother And father to AIDS And then yeah. my baby brother And Man, I'm on a, I'm right now I'm an emotional wreck talking about it. So, but, I mean, salute to you, man. Like, the, not just your parents, but you also said your brother and your my little son. baby brother. Yeah, my ex girlfriend. How old um, was he? Um, this this is this is the the trivia. My brother. Yeah. He was probably I want to say he was about four. Damn. But my older brother is telling me he was about six or seven. Yeah, still young. Man. Still, yeah. And then um, it was a hard, it was hard because when my parents died, my whole block knew that my parents died of AIDS. So I went to school up the block in PS one seventy two, and this was around the time where you thought you could get AIDS by touching, touching somebody. Someone, yeah. And um, was there that was, when Magic Johnson came out and said no, that. Magic Johnson actually came out, I think in the nineties. Yeah. You know, okay. but my parents died in eighty five, and they were having. Um, how you say protests in front of my school? Yeah. Because they knew me and my brother going to that school. They wanted us out of the school because they were ignorant. Exactly. They were ignorant. Exactly. Yeah. That was hell. You know, I would go sharpen my pencil by the window and I would see the protesters oh, outside and with with their picket freaking signs and shit. Yeah, it was it was tough. Those were like adults, like grown people. Yes. Right? Yes. Come on, man. And then um, I had friends. Whose parents didn't want them to hang around with me no more. Yeah. You know, and then as the years went by, they started getting smarter on AIDS and figured, hey, you know what? My kid ain't gonna get AIDS from touching somebody. Exactly. You know, but the damage was already done. So, yeah. It is what it is, but I'm here. Definitely, man. And I'm guessing that made you a better person. Like, you have to, like, lift it. Like, what does it kill you make you stronger? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is because um, I'll tell you what, man. It, it, 
I, you know, like I said, I, I write scripts. Yes. Um, I love sci-fi movies. Yeah. And I like to put a little bit of my real life into sci-fi um, scripts that I write. Yeah. Um, for example, one I, I wrote is, I don't know if I uh, talked to you about, it's called Deep Dream. It's about a, a, a like a guy who tries to go back yep. in the past. That's the script yeah. we talked about yeah. on the set. Yeah. But he has to try to go back in the past so that his mother won't get contaminated with AIDS from yeah. his father. So yeah, it's kind of like a, like a deja vu. Yeah. No, yeah, deja vu, Denzel yeah, yeah. Washington, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, and um, I'm currently writing a script about my life. No sci-fi. In it. This is just like what, which part? <laughs> exactly. This yeah. is what I can remember. Yeah. But um, um, just so that I'm not emotionally, uh, you know, uh, messed up. Yeah. I try to implement the That's sci-fi. Smart. So you're yeah. okay. So in terms of just to go back to that, so you're trying to put your story on paper like trying to channel your like thinking in terms of like screen, screenwriting yes so it helps you cope with oh that's pretty cool oh yeah that's pretty cool coping so, mechanism yeah so. nice so that's your therapy in a sense yes yes uh, and um what you it's like hey you see me what you see is what you get yeah I mean I got a lot to say oh. I got so much to say yeah you know so yeah so in terms of writing like what's because you usually draw from real life so like yes. what's like the first step in terms of like how do you do it like you come up with the like the basic concept or well I what I do is I try to make up my own story yeah and once that story is made up I look for an excuse to for example my ex-girlfriend yes she died of AIDS yeah you know or my baby brother you know, I try to implement that in, in in my in my script, and at the same time, what works as a coping mechanism for me is my brother, um, the one who died. His name was Adam. Okay. I'm gonna play Adam in my script. My character's name is Adam. Oh, gotcha. Um, and my father, his um nickname was Sly. Okay. So I wrote a script. And the character's name is Sly. Gotcha. So, you know, I that's how I do it. You Incorporate know? your real life. Yeah. Nice. Do you ever have, like, survivor's remorse? Because you were talking about Eric's girlfriend, your brother. Like, how did your little brother... Um, I do I do have survivor's remorse because um, there were times when I was in the foster home. Yeah. And my mother, really sick. She was really, you know, frail, skinny, and pale. She would come visit me in the foster home. And... At the time, I, I didn't understand. I, I knew, I always remember her sick. I didn't know it was AIDS. Gotcha. A lot of times, um, I was I was small and yeah, I, I was gonna ask you what age. Like, <sighs> man, what age were you at? Let me see. I want to say maybe I was about six or seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at that age, you can't really understand what that is. I but mean, I remember you have like idiot adults outside yep. not knowing what that is. So how do yep. you expect like a seven year old to really understand what? What AIDS is and yep. the implication of that. And she would, uh, she would, oh, she would get on her knees and she would say, Teddy, are they doing anything to you in this foster home? And I would look at the people who would sexually abuse me physically, okay, emotionally. So you didn't even say. I couldn't because I was afraid that when she would leave, um, they would, they would, you know, do something to me. And, um, and I always stood shut. And there was times when my mother, um, I think about it, you know, 
now she would take her saliva and clean the crust from my eyes yeah. and uh, my side mouth. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I didn't know. You know, and when you think about it, you're like, oh shit. She damn nearly killed me. But, but, but she was showing you love. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's that's one survivor's remorse that I think about. I'm like, damn, like she should she should have freaking got contaminated, but she didn't. Yeah. Her saliva was always here. She said, lick your lips, lick your lips after she would. Yeah. I don't know, you know, and then my my eyes. She clean my eyes. Um, and then again, the survivor's remorse in Afghanistan. I was just gonna, yeah. Yeah. So um, like you lost friends there. I've lost like friends. You were earlier that you care about the your, the person next to you. Yep. Not necessarily the country you're fighting he, for, but well, he, you're my country. Yes, I'm your country. Yes, you know that's that's all it. When Regardless you are, of race, culture, yes, amen, amen. You could be a Muslim, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kill for you. because yeah. I expect you to kill for me too. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're here, and we're not going home until we get the job done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of fucked up in the head. So <laughs> yeah. So you said you're writing a story about your life. Like which parts are which. Um, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to start from the beginning to what I can remember. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the script, I started with my, <laughs> my dad throwing oatmeal on my mother's face and I'm Why? beating her. Oh, yeah. Just, just, that's, that's what I could remember off the, the top of my head. Yeah. You know, and from there, little by little, little by little, I start throwing stuff. So I throwing stuff in my script some stuff that my father said my mother said and then before you know it I throw in another lady which was my stepmother when my father used to go and cheat on my mother with uh, my stepmother Ivory and stuff like that little by little you know I started throwing little things in there that I can remember so it's more like a life story yes okay yes Uh, it's like in the like the pursuit of happiness yeah you know um, or um this shit is real Antoine Fisher yeah yeah Antoine Fisher yeah, yeah 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 Oh wow! So like, where are you in the process? Like, at which age are you in the? Right now, um, it's tough to talk about. Um, um, going into the foster home. Yeah. Um, what age was this? I. This is hard because I remember, like, if it was yesterday, my dad, um, taking me to a foster home with all my clothes and my toys in a garbage bag, um. And it was maybe I was around six. Yeah. Six. And why? Why did you have to go to a foster home? Well, because they were sick and okay. they were dying. Gotcha, gotcha. And they couldn't take care of us no more. Um, it was so fucked up. I mean, there was times where my dad, he was he would get so high in his house, it would be like, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be like smoke of you know weed. Yeah. And he would he would shoot uh, himself with heroin. Oh, to cope with the pain. Yes, and he, he yeah. couldn't he couldn't. Remember, this was eighty five. Yeah, that shit was a death sentence. Of course, you know, and he he couldn't he couldn't cope with it, so he gave up on life. And um and I remember him saying, in front of my mother, I'll let you know when I when I if I'm gonna take these kids to the foster home. She went to the hospital. He took us to the foster home. She didn't even know my mother. Yeah. And she freaked out, and she was in her deathbed, and it took um it took them a good maybe six months to a year, um to survive with that sickness AIDS. Yeah. Me and my brother were in the in the foster home for maybe a year and a half, two years. It's the most fucked up place you could ever be. 
at least in in the eighties. Yeah. You know, but I don't know how foster homes foster homes are now. But I don't advise it to anybody. Yeah. You know. But I mean, you were being assaulted. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say I was in about six foster homes. Sure. And about four of them, I was physically, emotionally, um, and sexually abused. Wow. Yeah. So. Exactly. You're like, what the fuck? You know, I lost my my parents. Now I'm gonna get sexually abused. Exactly right. And, but and who can you even talk to? Like nobody. Nobody. You you keep that shit in there until you become, until you lash out against society. You know, like you go and start killing people, you start fucking people up, stealing shit. But my grandpa, he said he knew, he said he saw it. He said you turning out like your father. We're going to Puerto Rico. Your father was bad. He was bad. He was bad. He was a drug dealer. Oh. You know. So, but he was a good father. Man. That nigga was cool. <laughs> My God. He was a drug dealer, but he was a great man. Man, man. man um, you know, I think of him as uh, he fucked up, you know, but he he took care of me and my brother. You know, he had his demons. Yeah. And because of those demons, he's not here with me today, you know. And unfortunately, my mother, whatever demon she had, you know, she got sick. Um, through blood transfusion because I, I have a sister yeah. so at the time my sister was born and again nobody was um, checking blood nobody was inspecting blood and through um, my sister's birth my mother lost a lot of blood hence uh, that's how she got okay. sick gotcha. see how fucked up that shit is yeah. you know yeah. and boom they both had AIDS you know so man that's I'm going to transition to something else I mean that's well you know what I'm not here to preach you know but no but that's God, what I you want I want people to hear your story I mean it's God it's, uh, I, that's my higher power man it's like one time um, I was two years ago years ago Tupac song it was like uh, he's like who do you believe in I put my faith in God because that's who I believe in yeah you know that's who I believe in you know um, are you still religious I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Yeah. Well, you were religious because you. I, I I. So, explain that transition. Well, okay, maybe this is the religious part that I really got into. I was really preaching in Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico. I did the 180. Yeah. I preached. Um, you know. Like you gave out sermons and whatnot. I gave sermons. Um, I sang. Oh wow. In choirs. Um. Everywhere I went, I had my Bible underneath my underpit. Wow. Um, Meditation. Yeah. That's what, that, if that's what I needed to go oh, through. So, yeah, yeah. Then you know what? Because if you would see me preaching, you would have never known of my past. You'd be like, man, this, this guy, he's, what's, what's he talking about? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But if I would have sat down with you and said, this is my testimony, you would have, holy shit, man. Yeah. How, how'd you do it? You know, but yeah, I still don't know how you did it because, wow, yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard. And um, another another way I cope with it, um, I have three kids. Okay. You know, I got a beautiful wife, Marilyn. Nice, nice. You know, I love her very much. Going on, um, nineteen years. Oh wow! You know, congrats. I man. put that I put that uh, lady through hell with yeah. my deployments to Afghanistan and my PTSD. Yeah. But um. She's the greatest. Um, my daughter Shirley. Yeah. 
is uh she's 17 going on 21. <laughs> um, I named her after my mother. Oh wow, Shirley. Nice. And then my second son, Adam, named her after my baby brother who died. And uh, my little munchkin, Kelvin, he's uh he's eight. Yeah. You know, he's autistic, but he is like the smartest kid in the room. Um, Adam, he wants to be an architect. He's like smarter than everybody in the house in math. You know, oh, wow. and my wife is what keeps everybody together. Yeah. Well, my daughter, she's a firecracker. Oh man, she talks about movies. She talks about Elton John. She talks about the movie Rocket Man, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Nice. I wanted her to be an actress, but she don't want to. Which she just wants to talk about movies. She wants to do criminal justice. Okay. So I'm like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. I don't know, was that a question? Did you have a question? No, but that's good. You know, hey, if it comes to you, it comes to you. Yeah, yeah. So now back to you in acting. Like, what's your goal in, like, the film industry? Um, like, what are some of your goals? My goal is is to make it, you know, by all means necessary. But I will not sacrifice my family to make it, you yes. know. Um, I, I read a book a couple of years ago by Tyrese. I think it's on How to Get Out of Your Own Way. He wrote, there's this thing that I remember he wrote in his book. He wrote something like, you could usually tell where your career is going to go simply by looking at the five people closest in your life. Mm -hmm. So, which is my wife, my three kids. Yeah, right now. So, I got a fire lit under me because those... Your support system is strong. Yeah, yeah. After all the shit I've been through. Those are the people I'm doing it for, you know. Uh, I want to see Denzel, you know, I want to see, uh, he's disappeared a little bit off of the, you know, out of the, the limelight, but Columbus Short, um, I'm a big fan of his, um, um, the actress Melanie Diaz, God, I love her. Okay. Um, stuff, you know, little by little, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it, you know, whether it's writing scripts yeah. and being in the, in the film yeah. industry. In terms of acting. Yes. Okay. You know, because right now I believe that's all I can do. I can't inspect parachutes no more because the Air Force won't let me. And um, I have uh, that what my mother said. She wanted me to be a singer. If I couldn't sing, she wants me to act. And that's in my heart. That's in my, in my the forefront of my um, my mind. So I'm trying to make it. I'm here with you. Um, I think you're pretty cool. Um, hopefully, I'll keep going and you see me up there with Denzel, Columbus Short, Melanie Diaz. I don't know who else. Tom Hanks. Ah, nice. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. What about um? Hmm. I I I gotta mention my two man crushes. Go Mark, for it. Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne DeRocks. <laughs> what about Kevin Hart? Man, Kevin's a little. <laughs> I, I, if I was to be. On set with Kevin Hart, yeah. I, 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 I would, I, there's no way I could keep a straight face. There's, yeah. there's no way. Yeah. I love Kevin Hart. The other day, actually, I was watching um, on Netflix. I think it's brand new, 2019. Uh, um, I think it's called um, Try Not to Fuck This Up. Oh, it's. I think that's the documentary of yes. his life. Yes. Yeah. And I felt like. Damn, I, I know him a little bit more, and I understand where he's coming through, you know, coming from. So, man, I, I don't think I could be able to keep a straight face with Kevin Hart. Yeah. He, he's a living legend, that guy. 
Kevin Hart is a freaking living legend. I mean, he's he he he's done his homework. He learned from Eddie Murphy, yeah. Richard Pryor. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the transition for him from like stand-up comedy to acting, I think yeah. that's remarkable. Yes. Yeah, you know, Dave Chappelle, he's a great stand-up comedian, but in terms of acting, yeah, even he would say he's not a great actor. Chris Rock, something similar. But yeah, Kevin yeah. Hart, he managed to make well, both work. Kevin's different, though. There's something different about Kevin Hart. It's just. I'm not saying the other guys are not genuine. There's just something genuine about Kevin Hart. In terms of what? I don't know. There's something real. Okay. There's something real about him. I don't. I don't know because he's probably my age. He should be about. I'm 42. He should be about my age. Maybe I could relate more to him. Gotcha. Versus Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Hart's from Philly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Come on, man. He's right there. So it's Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Smith, man. Yeah. I mean, on the transition for Will Smith to like social media, because, all right, I mean, you ever listen to the Rap Radar podcast? No. So basically, on that podcast, you were saying like a movie star back in the day that would not be seen unless they're about to release a movie. Right, so right. That's what he did. But now he's like on social media, like nonstop. Yes. So he's like, Oh shit! In order for me to adapt to the new, yep. like new market, I have to like step out there and be seen. You have to. I, I thought that was remarkable because it's true. Because like back in the day, those movie stars you only see them like when you go to the movie theater. Yep, yep. And now you see them nonstop on social media, yep. Instagram. Back in the days, there was this uh, this this aura about exactly. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like wow, you really see them. Yep. But and now, now you can't be like that because. You'll quickly fall off. The yes, yeah. You have to be. The next. You have to be in these people's mental yes. all the time. If yeah. you're not, you yeah. disappear. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Will Smith, he's a he's a special kind of. Yeah, I think he's remarkable. He went from like Fresh Prince to Pursuit of Happiness. Is yeah, like one of yeah. the greatest films for me. It's like holy shit, this dude can really act. Yeah. Um, Muhammad Ali. Ali, yeah, and um. Just people like that inspired me, you know. Yeah. They came from this to this, but it wasn't a race. It was a marathon. Yeah, when when exactly. people are like, oh, Will Smith, Will Smith. Dude, think about all the years it took him to get here. Yeah. It takes time, yeah. you know. So even Kevin Hart, yeah. man, he came up from, you know, stand-up comedy to yeah. he has his own... Empire. Yeah. Was it a heartbeat production? Heart, look at that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And he's now putting on other comedians. Yes. Of, you know, he's, he's producing movies. He's putting, putting on, people on the map. Tiffany Haddish. Yep. Like, Tiffany that's, Haddish. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, I remember the first movie I saw Kevin Hart in was um, Paper Soldiers. <laughs> right. Paper, Paper Soldiers. Soldiers. And he was also in um, Forty Year Old Virgin. He had that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where he came into. Uh, was he working line. in yes he yes. came to the I was like yeah I'm gonna come back and shoot like just to see like where he came from I was like oh. yeah. and he was he killed it he killed that scene it was yep. hilarious and now the dude is like he's running his own like media empire yep yep so, so. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't wanna do that that's too big that's too much responsibility why not I, I just why? wanna act I just wanna tell my story uh, you know I wanna concentrate on on showing people look what I've been through um, if yeah. I can do it so can you? You know, I've been through losing my parents, the foster home, um, sexual abuse, um, having a stroke in Afghanistan, almost dying out there. You know, and I went from that to hey, 
I got a wife, almost married 20 years, three kids. You know, now, you know, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think your story is, is so great. It's it, it's it deserves more than a movie. It's more like a miniseries. <laughs> Yo, no, because, all right, from what you told me about just your parents to ended up at the foster home, that's like... Yeah. Four to five episodes. And yeah, show. yeah, yeah. And then seventeen years in the in the Air Force. It's like United States Air Force, the world's greatest Air Force. Yeah, seventeen years. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. But no, why? Why wouldn't you want to be ambitious? Like, why wouldn't you want to like start your own production company and like produce other films and you know? Um, you know what? That might be something I might, I might, I might look into. Yeah. You know? But for now, I have so much. Concentrating on, on on making it. Yeah, yeah, I get what you know. Um, like that's your primary focus, right? Yes, now, just, uh, yes, because yeah. uh, I, I I do suffer, like I said, from PTSD, and um, I get paranoid. I get I get too. Um, I have depression, anxiety. Yeah. And if there's too much put on me. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be good. Yeah. I lash out at at, at my family. Uh, you know, it's your fault. You know, you motivate me, you know, little by little. Yeah. You know, so um, right now I'm definitely um, concentrating on writing still. Yeah. But for the most part, acting. Acting, priority number one. Yes. And then writing. Yes. You ever thought about like directing or producing? Yeah, definitely, definitely, right. because I uh, I've been on several um, movie sets and I had that itch like. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. What if you shoot it this way or? Exactly. Ah, okay. And. Um, that's when I. That's when you know you're like, man, man, maybe I can do this. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. when you're on saying like, maybe if you frame it up this way, maybe if you shoot yeah. it like this. Yeah, definitely. But I think like for your story, it would be better if you direct it. Like if yes. you tell that story. Yeah. All I'm asking is for that opportunity yeah. because I will fuck your world up. You know. You ever thought about like writing a short? About like yours, I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be very tough. <laughs> no, I wrote a short. About yeah. I, but but it, it hasn't yeah. come to light though. But are right, the short you're talking about is the one you showed me about your parents? That's one of them. Oh damn! Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. the other one? Then one one of them is um one of them is about um when I first was being taken care of by my granddad. Um, they were Rico. No, this was in New York when oh. my parents died, gotcha. and they took me and my big bro out of the foster home. Yeah. Um, there was a block party um, on the block. I remember like if it was yesterday, and it was like I think I was in the going to the second grade, and um, that's when I met some friends, and they would come up to me and say, "Hey, I knew your dad. I'm sorry your dad died." Yeah. And um, from there is where I wrote like a ten-page, you know, short. About you know the block party that I was in and yeah. new friends coming up to me and actually apologizing to me. And that's just one day of your life. Yes. And that one <laughs> yeah. day is ten pages. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's more like a mini series. Your life. That's. Yeah, and then it's funny because you say a mini series, but I have this, I have this, and if you want to add, I have like eight scripts. Yeah. That I was thinking a couple of years ago, if I can spread them out. Yeah. And then combine them, you know, that could definitely be a series, you definitely. know, versus a short, a short, a short feature, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm so, 
so willing to get my story out there. I'm dying to get my story out there because there's people out there that think they can't make it. Yeah. There's people out there that think they think or they believe that they're a zero on the left when they're not. Look what I've been through. Absolutely. You know, you if I can make it, you can make it. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. So, um, what are you working on right now? Um, right now, um, part of a uh, uh, a web series called Hearings. The series, H E R R I N G S, the series with uh, director Keith Chamberlain. Um, I have a, I also have another project coming up yeah. um, about police brutality. That'll be a feature, and um, I'm looking forward to more auditions. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm pretty busy. Plus you right now. Definitely, definitely. So all right, say for example, someone sent you a breakdown. What attracts you to the project? Um, I'm not gonna lie. Who's in it? Oh yeah. Yeah, who's in it? I mean, if it, if they want me, um, I find out who's the director and who are the producers. Yeah. Because according to that, I can say, okay, this shit is real. Yeah. You know, because I'm so wanting to make it so bad, and that's how I'm doing it. Who's the director? Who's the producer? Who's the actors? That they enlisted yeah. to um, be in this film, and my character has to be—they um, have to give me a little bit more breathing room with the character. And if I could see this breathing room, yeah. let's say if I could be like myself, I could be, "Yo, what up, nigga?" You know, I could be—I right, could, could be flexible. Yeah, you the character you're all. That's me. And not that's just me. Stick yeah. To the script. Then I could—I could make it come to life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really into. Realism, truth, um, but I also am flexible in terms of, like I said, um, sci-fi. Yeah, I love monsters. I love vampires. I love werewolves. Um, Why and, do you think that is? Why do you think you love that escape? Because of what you've been through, or I want to say yeah, because when my parents died, um, my granddad. He gave me and my bro a, a TV, yeah. and we would watch TV in our room. Um, and for some reason, I was really attracted to violence. Uh-huh. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I found that outlet in vampire movies, monster movies, um, werewolf movies, and I would just be fascinated by violence. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um. What about comedy? Have you ever thought about like doing comedy? Or due to the fact... Definitely yeah. comedy. Definitely. Um, like I said, my grandpa was a, was a clown. Yeah. He loved physical comedy, and I and I kind of picked that stuff up from him. Yeah. Um, anything that's out there, anything that's out there that has to do with realism, if you give me free reins and letting me... Um, improvise. Yes, yeah. improvise. Yeah. I will blow your fucking mind. Nice. Trust me. <laughs> That's a great pitch. Yeah. Casting directors. Um, so how do you think, I would say, the Latino community is represented in the film industry today? Um, I think the Latino community is represented um, in a way that it's kind of getting to where more and more Latinos Yeah. Are being recognized. Um, like I said, one of my favorite um, actors, uh, Melanie Diaz. Yeah. She and has. Honestly, I don't really know who that is. Oh, she has a a, a show, Charmed, 
the new, uh, I think it's a spinoff or the reboot. Remake of yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's on. She's on that show. Um, like witches or something. Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, does it? What Jennifer Lopez is doing nowadays? Yeah. Um, she's putting a lot of Latinos on, on the map. Yeah. Um, I, I still look up to um, people like Andy Garcia, Antonio Bandera, Salma Hayek. Um, yeah, but they're not. How do I put this? They're not as mainstream now, like say, I mean, Will Smith. Like he's yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna take some time yeah. because um, right now I see a lot of brothers out there, and I'm so fucking happy for that. Yeah. Cause um, man, I, I want more brothers out there, but I also want more Latinos out there. Oh, definitely. I might be thinking there's just no Latinos out there. No, there are definitely you Latinos know? out there. Exactly. But just Ex- not getting the opportunity. Thank you. That, Thank you. Yeah. They're out there. They're definitely out there. And I also think uh, it's what people live through. Let's say if, if, if I was able to get my break in terms of being a writer and an actor, yes. the experience I'm going to bring is Latinos and exactly. black people. I'm not bringing white people with exactly. me That's because I don't have that experience. I don't have that relation with the white folk. And most of the decision makers are white, so Thank they you. just bring their own people. But... My experiences with black people, with Jamaicans, with Haitians, yeah. with um, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, yeah. that I give me a chance and I will bring to light, like an example, my friend Joey who got killed with stuff in a garbage can. Yo, that nigga was crazy, but he sold drugs and he was fun. He was a fun dude to be with. <laughs> I could write a script about him, yeah. you know, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many. Latinoness that needs to be out there. Absolutely. It's just people haven't lived through it, you know, and they haven't been given the opportunity, like you said. Yeah. And I mean, the decision makers, but in terms of decision makers, that's one of the reasons why I asked you, like, would you ever thought about like creating your own production company? Because then you'll be in a position to give fellow Latinos and yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunities. Well, yeah, I was, um, there was a couple of years back, I was thinking of uh, doing something like that because of. Uh, who really inspired me to do that was uh, Tyler Perry. Oh, wow. He came yeah. up with his own he's stuff. Not, he's got an empire. He definitely got an empire. Yeah. He got his own studio. Yeah, yeah. And um, stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't have that kind of backing. It, but here's the thing. You said it's hard, but it's also, like you said, it's a marathon. Yes. Because Tyler Perry was right. He was homeless. Then mm-hmm. you end up doing plays. All right, how do you go from being homeless doing plays to owning like a three hundred million dollar studio in yeah, Atlanta? You're right, absolutely. Like, right. I mean, that takes time, effort, and dedication. Yeah, yep, yep. It's not like, oh, I'm just gonna do it overnight. That took a very long time for him to get to that point. Definitely, just like you said, it's a marathon. And um, spring. he he chose that path, and and I commend him for that. Yeah. And hopefully someday I'll work with him in the future. But my path. It's different because you know I gotta I gotta I got mouths to feed. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different. It's yeah. harder for yeah. me. I can't just you know go out and I don't know go to drive to Georgia and sleep in my car. Exactly. You have responsibilities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, like I said, my focus right now is acting and writing. Yeah. Acting and writing. If I could, if I didn't have a family, I sleep in my car like Tyler Perry did. 
you know, I, I sacrifice. Yo, trust me, I believe you do it too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my wife won't let me. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably good. That's yeah. probably good. Nigga, you sleeping in your car? You gonna stay in your car? You ain't coming back. Damn, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I gotta ask you. Um, I forgot her name. She's from Modern Family, the Latina. Uh, Sofia Vergara. Yeah. How do you? What do you think about like how she's? Representing the community in like films and TV shows, mostly TV shows. Do you, like, do you think she's a she's playing a caricature, or like with her? I yeah. see she's she's real. She's she is real. herself. Okay. What you see is what you get. Yeah. That's what I think. And she's repping. She's repping. She's repping herself. She's repping the the wittiness. She's repping the comedic yeah. Latinoness. She's yeah. repping. She's being herself, basically. You know, she could, she. If I would like to see her in a dramatic role, something more like, oh shit, I didn't yeah. know she could do that. She's really funny. She's really loud, just like all Latinos are. And so she, she's rapping all she, Latinos. So now, say for example, a, a white person or an Asian person will mm-hmm. see that they will probably say the same thing you just said. Right. Oh, she represents all. That's how all Latinas are. Not all of them, though. But you there, just said that. Yeah. Excuse me. Let me reframe. <laughs> there, there's some aspects or like little things that she does. Yeah. That shit's Latino. You know. Um. She, 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 she's talking, but she's talking really loud, and it sounds like she's arguing. She's not arguing. That's the way Latinos talk. They're conversating. They're not arguing. You know. Yeah. There's, there's stuff that she does in her films. Yeah. Like, Fuck man, that's what we do. She, I think, I don't know. I think she's Colombian or something. Yeah. Um, she's not Puerto Rican, but there's things that she says and does like we do that in Puerto Rico, we do that in Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. So I think she's rapping us very well. Ah, so she's not like a character, a caricature, or no a character, or no, something. no. Huh. Um, a person who's rapping us well again, Melanie Diaz. Yeah. You know, she's she's from Manhattan. Oh wow. I mean. Can't get any any realer than that. Um, there's a whole bunch of Latinos out there that I wish that would be seen more. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Michael Pena. You know. Oh um, hell yeah. That hell guy, yeah. he's funny. Hell yeah, yeah, he is funny. Yeah. He's he's a clown he when he wants to be. With um Christian Bale. Um, oh, Christian Bale. It was a it, it was a dramedy, but he had Christian Bale. You had damn. And he played uh, Arab, Michael Pena. Oh man, Ab scam. It's about the Ab scam thing. It's like a political thing. Yeah, he was pretty funny in that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like Michael Pena. Michael Pena is good. Um, there's another guy I really love, uh, Freddie Rodriguez. Um, I think he's on a TV show called Bull. Bull. Okay. Um, I forgot his character's name. I mean, they're out there. Yeah. They're they're coming. I'm telling you, man. They're coming. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's slow. Definitely slow. But they're coming up. I'm telling you. Definitely slow. But if I was up there, I'd fuck some shit up. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> like what? Man, I could be a clown. Yeah. I could I could do drama. Yeah. I you could, could definitely do drama. Yeah, I could do the drama. <laughs> you could definitely do drama. I, I could kill some folks if you need me to. Damn. <laughs> I could be a hitman. Yeah. You know, whatever. Wh- whatever. In terms of acting, guys. Yes. Acting. Yes, acting. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> I, I, I did that 180 in Puerto Rico, so I'm not really gonna exactly. do that in real life. Yeah. 
But now back to the whole re- religion versus spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you're not really religious anymore. You're more spiritual. Spiritual, yes. Like what's the? Um, I'm more in touch with the spiritual aspect of I um I do believe in prayer. Yeah. Um, I do believe in demons. I do believe in you know bad like juju. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, I do believe in bad juju. I do believe in um, if you're in a spot and you feel like uh, you know the shit. You know, I don't feel right yeah, yeah. here. Like bad vibes. Or exactly. Gotcha. That's that's the kind of stuff you know. Okay. Um, I I'm not religious in terms of I don't preach anymore. Um, I really don't sing gospel music anymore. Yeah. But I do hold God close to the vest. As well as my family, so well, that's why, how I say spiritual. Why that transition, though? Why? Because you used to be religious in yes. Puerto Rico, like you literally would give sermons. Yes. So why? How did you like divert well, from that? When I diverted, was because I joined the military. Okay. And once you join the military, um, it's not for everybody. You join the military, you have to have a different mindset. You can't go in there, going to the military preaching. Okay. You know, at least where when I went, you had to go in the military, knowing that one day you might go to war. Yes. And this shit is real. You know, you can't go over there going to Afghanistan preaching, and you know, no, you gotta be one of the boys. Yeah. You know, so at least in that aspect, that's how I was able to not get away from religion, gotcha. but I was able to keep my faith in God and believe in God, but at the same time. I gotta be real. I mean, you know, this shit is real. You yeah. know, I can't be like, oh my god, let's start praying. So you know what? We're gonna pray, but at the same time, we're gonna kill some motherfuckers. That's how I, I was able to to change my mentality. You know, and now with this acting, um, I can't really be religious and be an actor because I want to tell my story. Yeah, I want to be able to say shit, fuck. What, but if that's know. your, but if that's how you actually feel, how would that conflict with you being religious? Um, Cause because because religious, when I was religious, I was preaching. I didn't curse. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, drink wine. I didn't. There's a lot of stuff I didn't do. Now, I drink wine. I curse. Yeah. Um, because I'm just being me. You know, yeah. I'm back at my my comfort zone. You know, it. I needed an act of God to change me, so yes. that I wouldn't, you know, lash out against society. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I think I'm in a good place now. So, do you think being religious means you can't completely be yourself? Um, I don't think you. I can't be who I am now, and go back home. And go to church and preach, you know, because right now, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a place in my life where I'm comfortable, you know, I'm I'm okay with where I'm at right now. Correct. Um, if God tells me, hey, I want you to start preaching, I want to go start preaching, you know. Oh really? Yes. Oh wow. You know, if if I wasn't an actor, I'd be a preacher. I'd be an evangelist, you know, oh. but. I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's pretty good. So you're saying even though you're not religious, if 
God speaks to you, you will listen. Like I will listen, yeah. Um, I do believe that God wants me to tell my story because there's young kids out there and or adults that are committing suicide that want to commit suicide because of what they live through. I believe that God wants me to put my testimony out there yeah. so that people can say, fuck, man, look what he been through. Yeah. Parents died, foster home, Afghanistan. What the fuck? What the fuck is he doing? He should be dead. He should be in jail. No, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to tell my story. You know? That's true. Plus, you got an amazing family. Yes. You know? you got yes. An amazing support system. Yep. And a lot of people don't really have that. So. Nope. Nope. And um, I'll tell you what. I I I was raised in 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 broken in a broken home. You know. And um, thanks to my wife, you know, she has helped me break that that spell that trend yeah um my granddad he divorced his first wife you know my dad started cheating on my mother went up somebody else and look at me i'm almost 20 years married yeah exactly unheard of exactly. unheard of at least in, in in you know what i've seen it's very rare yeah that is very rare yep, Reg- yep. i mean yeah regardless of all right even without what you went through, that yeah. is still pretty rare. Yeah. And seeing what you went through for you to have this life now, that's that's remarkable. Yeah. And um, I'm going to try to keep it as long as I'm on this earth. Nice. You know. So, yeah, I mean, I got so much to say, brother. Go for it, man. I got so much to say, man. <laughs> Go for it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted you here, man. I wanted people to hear this story. Because, all right, you told me part of your story. And it's like, that's remarkable. And you come in here to tell... All of that, and plus you got more. Yeah, that's even more remarkable. Yeah, and um, I tell you what, man, if I could make it, yeah, through the storm, yeah, you know, I mean, in a way, you you already did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In a you're way, right. you already did. You're you know? right. So at this point, you're just like, all right, let me just keep pushing and just take it. Keep to the pushing, next step. and like, it's like I've lived so many different lives. Yeah. I, 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 there are times I feel like a cat You know when they say Cat has it's nine lives yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived Okay Before my parents Had an AIDS When my parents Had an AIDS When my parents Had an AIDS The foster home The abuse In the foster home And then yeah. Adopted By my grandparents That got arrested Did the one Man it's like Holy shit And then Afghanistan Stroke in Afghanistan yeah. Man it's, At what age Did you get arrested Sorry to cut you off you really yeah. want to know that? Um, I was uh, 14. Damn. I was 14 when I got arrested for uh, graffiti in the subway. Yeah. I got busted by these, uh, I guess you could say these transit civilian cops. Yeah. And um, second time, I was uh, 15 for a possession of paraphernalia. I won't really get too much into that. I mean, the statute of limitations are way up on that stuff. So. Yeah. So uh, at the time, you know, it was bad. And... Um, God was there for me. He got me out of that situation. Yeah. And um, I ran. I ran. I was like, oh, going to Puerto Rico? Let's go. Let me be Let me be a bad boy out there. And how long were you in Puerto Rico for? Six years. Oh, okay. And then you joined the... I joined the Air Force, yeah. And from there, man, had fun, met some wonderful people. Yeah. And um, life is good. So, all right, if you didn't have that stroke, would you have stayed in the Air Force? Oh, yeah. Oh, you oh yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, 
right now with what happened um, a couple of days ago with the, the Iran yeah. thing. Um, so are you talking about the plane being sh- or No, no, no. I'm talking the, about the general being killed. Which one? The general oh, being okay. killed and then Iran coming back and yeah. firing more than 12 the embassy. Yeah. Missiles at, uh, I guess, places in Iraq. Yeah. And um, What do you think of that? Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to really talk too much on that. Yeah. But if I was over there, I'm not doing it for the president. No. The word president will never come out of my mouth for that man right there. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah. You got to earn that shit. Um, but if I was over there, again, I'm dying for you. You're dying for me. Absolutely. I'm not thinking about Trump. I'm not thinking about my cat, my dog. I'm thinking about you. And your family you know? back home. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But at that moment, it's all uh, about yeah, you and I. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's this is by far one of the most intense conversations, and it's like I learned so much about you yeah. and what you've been through. It just makes you just take a step back and think about life in a completely different perspective, man. Definitely, definitely. Um, like, like you really lived through it. Yeah, yeah. Like the family, you know, the foster homes, and arrested, and yeah. then seventeen years serving your country. Yeah, man. Yeah, there, there was times when I, when I when I woke up in in Germany, I was like, damn, fuck, man. I was like, damn, what the fuck? You know, I was as you know mad at myself. Yeah, wait, yeah, whoa, we gotta talk about this. I you was mad, mad at yourself for having a stroke. Yes, because I was in Germany and my people were in Afghanistan. Oh, damn. I was mad. I was mad, but I couldn't talk. I, I my my tongue was numb. Everything, yeah. I I couldn't talk. You know, it took me. Weeks to recuperate my my yeah. my. That's fascinating. It though. took me. Yeah. yeah, they gave. They would feed me peanut butter. They would feed me crackers to see if I can swallow it, and I couldn't. Yeah. But after a couple of weeks, I was able to to swallow it, and you know, just therapy. Um, my brain, I couldn't remember, but physically, I could move. I yeah, could yeah, do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, excuse me, but my brain wasn't working the way it used to. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't relay what I wanted to say to you. Yeah. Because I couldn't talk. Um, I, I would look at a phone and I wouldn't know what, I didn't want to know what, if it was a phone. I didn't remember my phone number. Yeah. I didn't remember my last name. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? What's your name? Teddy. Teddy. Like, I couldn't remember my last name. You know, I couldn't remember. Um, they would show me pictures. What is this? Of a dog, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Uh, how long did it take you to make a full recovery? A year. Oh, okay. A year, because it affected the I want to say the right side of my brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, it started to bleed. I guess the, the right side of my brain started to bleed, and then that's when I had the stroke. Yeah. But by then you were already way out of the military. I would, you were way out of the military. Or? Way out of Afghanistan. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, I had to do some. Um, Rehabilitation with the Air Force and stuff, go okay. to to physical therapy and whatnot, yeah. and um, it took me a year. And then after that year, the Air Force realized, yeah, he can't inspect parachutes more because I was like a parachute rigger. But in the Air Force, it was called um, aircrew flight equipment. Yeah. 
but we inspect the parachutes, the helmets, the oxygen mask, the life-sustaining gear. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, you go on an airplane and you have the flight attendants where they give you a demonstration on those um, those floaties that go yeah. around your neck. Yeah. My job was to check those floaties, make sure there's no holes in them. If yeah. there was a hose in them, when I would check for any, you know, like patches that it needed, I would patch it up, yeah. blow it up, good to go, you know. And then uh, another uh, example where the flight attendant would go and say, okay, these are the exits. Yeah. And God forbid we ditch, you know, ditch is when you land on, on water. There's like a big, like, um, slide. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would inspect those too. Oh, well. We call those rafts and slides. Inspect those. I mean, there was so much that I couldn't do anymore. 90% of my memory was gone after a year. So what were you doing in that time frame? Like, um, you got, like Well, they took me... They, what, what I was a technical sergeant. It was an E6. So I was more like a supervisor. Gotcha. Supervisor. Yeah. So I wasn't really... Handling the day-to-day operation. As much. Okay. Um, so I was supervising, but I couldn't supervise anymore. Yeah. So they put me to work with my commander to staple papers, um, sign stuff. Um, and from there, they're like, yeah, we need you to uh, retire. So, so did you have people um, reporting to you? As a supervisor? Yes, yes. Okay. E6, when you're, well, technically when you're E5, yeah. staff sergeant, exactly. you have people under your belt. When you're E6, you have more people under your belt. Exactly. Uh, E6, you, you know, there's more responsibility in maintaining your shop. Yeah. Maintaining, because um, I was in charge of $34 million worth of equipment. Yeah. Exactly. I had to do inventory every Friday. Um, of night vision goggles, um, M9, M16, yeah. um, the bullets. Um, I couldn't even do that no more because I, I, I would forget my inventory, um, and that's not good. I would forget the serial numbers that I would write down yeah. for the bullets for the M9, M16s. Um, and, and how did that make you feel? Because this, this is something you wanted to do. Survivor's remorse. I, I. I was on the verge of committing suicide. And I'm like, I couldn't, I was like, I survived Brooklyn and I'm over here trying to survive, you know, Afghanistan. I'm back in the States and I can't even do my job anymore. Yeah, yeah so uh, I was on the brink of um, committing suicide. You didn't do that. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I fucked up. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you what. I'm not preaching here, but with God on the forefront, yeah, anything is possible. Definitely, anything. I mean, I'm not religious, but I love how you use that to get through what you had to get through. So that's why I was fascinated with the whole religion and um, spirituality. Right, right. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty fascinating. Appreciate. Sure. And you're like, yo, even now, if God calls on you, you would service him. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's like. Wouldn't you say that does make you a bit religious then? Um, I might, yeah. Yeah. I might say uh, I still got something there. Yeah. I still got like, uh, you know how they say uh, wherever there's a, there's a will, there's a way. way. Yeah. You know? Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. yeah. 
So what age did you join the Air Force? Um, I was already up there. I think I was about 21. Still young. <laughs> yeah, still young. Um, a lot of my friends, they would join when they were 17, 18. Yeah. I just stood behind, stood in Puerto Rico, got my associate's degree. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me go join the freaking military. So I took the ASVAB, joined the Air Force, and... Why that um, division? Why the Air Force? Why um, the Army? Or the well, Marines? Be- because uh, I really wanted to work with air crew, okay. and I really wanted to work with pilots. So at the time, uh, there was a recruiter. His name was Mil- Milton Roman. Um, and I said, sir, um, he was my recruiter. I said, sir, can you please get me a job that will have me face-to-face with air crew and pilots. Yeah. Five months later, he found the job. And it was, at the time, it was called Air Crew Life Support, but then we merged with another career field, and they changed it to Air Crew Flight Equipment. Okay. So he was able to get me the job that I wanted. Wow. And you did that for 17 years. 17 so years. I guess you left when you were like 38 or something? Yep. Like yeah, yeah. Damn, you good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Retired at 38. But the thing is, you didn't even want to leave. I didn't. I didn't want to leave. Um, so without that stroke, you'd have probably still been... I would have retired oh, okay. oh, last year. Oh, you 20 years, right? Yeah, I would have retired uh, June of last year. Oh, wow. But I wanted, I wound up ending my career with the Air Force in 2016. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, three wow. years too early. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing your pension would have been much better or... It would have been much better, yeah. but I do have a pension now. Yeah. But with 20 years, yeah, it definitely would have been much better. Nice. So, uh, not by any means am I struggling like that. Yeah, yeah. But I do struggle, you know, mentally, um, emotionally. Yeah. You know, because of the, the, the stroke, uh, all my past comes back to haunt me. You know, the survivor's remorse, like we said. Yeah. The Afghanistan survivor remorse. And, do you still keep in contact with um, some of the people you served with? Yes. Oh. You have to. Oh, absolutely. You have to. I think, I think it's very important. Very important. Yeah. Very important because if you just um, retire and fuck everybody, you're not going to make it. You have to stay in contact with the people you served with, absolutely. especially the people you deployed with. Yeah. Those are, They're still your brothers, yes. whether they're white, Muslim, Jamaican, Puerto Rican, they're yeah. still your brothers and they did the same job you did over there. That's, yeah, I, I stay in contact with all of my brothers over there, sisters, all of them. Nice, that's good, that's good. Yep, I mean, we've been going for an hour and ten. And, what? <laughs> yeah, an hour and ten. It feels like we've been going for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we could stop right here. <laughs> okay, 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 that's stop good. Stop right here. Now, Teddy, thank you so much. Man. Thank you for having me, brother. Your story is freaking remarkable. Thank you. And I want to say one more thing. Yeah, I want to say it. shout out to my wife, Marilyn. Absolutely. To my, my baby girl, Shirley. Um, Adam and Kelvin, hopefully you're asleep by the time I get home. <laughs> Don't be giving your mother a hard time. <laughs> thank you again. Hi, right, brother. This has been a Rob Radio Network production. Check out our website at rrn.robbent.com. Thank you for listening.